Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrow in the Field. Welcome along, everyone. Uh, how you been? How are you this week? Yeah, I'm all right, Tony. Um, I think I spent most of the week trying to figure out what damn day it is. Um, <laughs> Friday today, isn't it? I'm assuming because it's pod blast. It is. I'm pretty sure it's Friday. Um, early pub, uh, Friday. <laughs> early pub oh. Friday, we call it on the uh, on my breakfast show because uh, all the uh, mo- a lot of my listeners. Uh, uh, sort of finish early on a Friday, and it's uh, early pub Friday. It's a, it's a, it's a good it's got a good ring to it. Good ring to it. Great, great stuff. Definitely Friday then. How's yes. your week? Yeah, good, good. Go back to um, uh, nice to meet up with uh, Emmett and also Lee McKenzie on Talk Sport, and uh, did a little bit of chat for the for the racing uh, over the Christmas and the New Year period, and even managed yesterday to tip. Pageant material at sixteen to one, three o'clock at Foss last yesterday, which went down rather well with the talk sport bosses. <laughs> I, I bet it did, Tony. <laughs> How was your week? Yeah, yeah, all right. Just uh, as I said, trying to figure out what day it is. So yeah, I'm, I'm back on schedule now. This has reset me. Good man. Uh, Off and run. Yeah, reset me. And this week, so Sandown is our focus this week in the first part of the Pod Blast. Three races on ITV coming under our scrutiny. Then it's the Football Trixie. Fantastic, exciting Football Trixie. We're staying in Scotland for our top, middle and bottom uh, for the selections after a very profitable week for us both last week. Absolutely astounding. Uh, then we'll close the Pod Blast with our best of the rest section with a couple of stats and angles. And also VAR George with a couple of boxing selections uh, coming up there for anybody interested in the boxing. Uh, a couple of selections for the weekend's uh, uh, fight game there. And uh, make sure you listen to right to the end as we have news for you on our Cheltenham Festival plans. So, without any further ado, let's get stuck in. First race on the agenda is the Handicap Chase off at 1.50 at Sandown. Seven runners just short of two miles. Over to you, Ben, for the 1.50 at Sandown. 150, yep. Uh, not an easy race to play on the trends, Tony. Um, I had a look at the last 10 renewals and I sourced the following trends. 10 of the last 10 winners had 14 or less chase starts. 9 of the last 10 winners were aged 7 or 8. And 9 of the last 10 winners uh, recorded a placed effort on one of the last 3 starts. So a strict application of those trends this year would give you dreams of home excitations and Fredo Bamboo. Um, of those three, I think I'd probably be looking at Fredo Bamboo. He's run twice over the Sandown fences, recording a win and a second. It was last run at Ascot in November. I think that, that can easily be ignored on, on two counts. Uh, one, Venetia Williams Yard were going through a dip at that point. And two, they changed tactics with him that day, ran him from the front possibly a deliberate move to get some fitness into him, maybe to help get his mark down a little, uh, which did happen. He was dropped two pounds for the run. And yeah, he looks to have plenty in his favour here. So Fredo Bamboo would be a tentative sort of play for me in this one. Uh, what you got, Tony? Uh, yeah, Dreamers of Home, which uh, thankfully is on your shortlist, Ben. He's won on soft ground. Uh, four of his six victories have come when running within 60 days. 
three from two on a right-handed track. Uh, Theo Gillard is in the saddle. He's claiming uh, seven pound for trainer uh, three pound. Sorry for trainer Donald McCain. Uh, if he races prominently behind Corrigine, Rock and Excitations, we may have a chance. That'll be to a big advantage for Dreams for Home if he can just tuck in behind racing prominently, but behind Corrigine, Rock and Excitations, uh, we may have a little bit of a chance. He's about 11 to 1. It's, uh, it's, I think it's worthy of a small each way bet. There's only seven places, of course. I'm not quite sure. Oh, three, there are, uh, William Hill and Bet365 are going three places. Uh, just checking there. Uh, so yeah, three places with William Hill. Yeah, eleven to one. I think that's a, a reasonable, a reasonable bet in the one fifty dreams of home. Two twenty five. We move on to now. It's the Grade One Tolworth Hurdle uh, over two miles. We uh, looking at uh, the last eight uh, runnings of this. Last eight winners were aged five or six, running within forty five days. And no bigger than 11 to 4 last time out. So they were, they were fancied in their last race as well. Uh, seven going on to win. Uh, no bigger than 3 to 1 as well. Six of the last eight winners were Irish bred. Uh, on, on this one, I've come down on authorised speed here, Ben. Course and distance winner. Two from two on soft. Uh, one from two over two miles. He's two from five on a slightly undulating track. So I, d- I do like the chances of authorised speed. And if you want an each way in this, uh, Lastro Boy won both starts, both at Foslas, a bumper and a maiden hurdle when last seen in November. The bumper he won last February, uh, albeit, uh, you know, getting on for 12 months ago, but uh, has seen the runner-up Tar Muras win on three occasions for trainer Paul Nichols and the fourth in that race the fourth of 11 runners Spring Meadow for Nigel Twiston Davis he's gone on to be two, win two of his uh, three races since uh, so the first four home in that uh, in that race uh, that bumper back in February could have some ability Lastro Boy a very tentative each way in the uh, in the, the, the Tolworth but uh, authorised speed as a, as a win bet Good stuff, Tony. Um, but more of a, a sort of watching brief for me, I'd say. Uh, I think Tamuru, Ta, Tamuraz and Authorised Speed, I think they're the correct two to sit at the head of the market. Um, Authorised Speed was impressive on winning over course and distance last time out, which was actually a race that both Constitution Hill and Fiddler on the Roof won. Uh, one en route to winning their Tollworth hurdles. So um, Authorised Speed's taken a, a, a sort of not I wouldn't say a tried and tested route, but a route that has seen uh, previous winners of the Tollworth come from. Uh, he also banged in a, a very strong pro-form speed figure when winning last time out, so I definitely see the appeal with authorised speed. He's possibly who I'd side with in this. Also, I'll have to say that the form of Tamaru's, uh, his, the form of his races to date, they've been working out well enough. Possibly isn't much between the two of them right now. Uh, clearly, there may be plenty between them come the end of the Tollworth but um, a watching brief for me I think just to see if any future stars are on show from this year's renewal mm. which brings us on nicely to the Veterans Chase at 3pm which almost certainly won't have any future stars on show <laughs> um, so yeah it's the 3 o'clock Veterans Handicap Chase Class 2, 3 miles which is the final of the Veterans Series um, these veterans chases can be tricky to delve into sometimes. Uh, I also find that a horse, for whatever reason, is more than capable of doing something in a veterans chase that has previously failed to do when racing an open handicap company. So 
tread carefully. Mm. Uh, no, re- no race trends for this one. Um, but I thought I'd take a look at the trainers with runners this year and see how they go on with their runners and veterans chases. Now, clear at the top, David Pipe. Uh, overall stats and veterans chases uh, were solid, around a 25% strike rate. But they improved significantly when you looked at his runners and veterans chases that started at around 7-1 to one or shorter. Since uh, 2010, he has 13 winners from 31 of those types, 42% strike rate, uh, and over 44 points profit. Win in place, 52% strike rate. So clear positives there for current favourite Ramsey Detelier. Uh, he won convincingly on his veterans chase debut run last time out of Warwick. Personally, I'd have small reservations about him going right-handed, maybe also in the big field. Uh, but again, these things can and do change uh, when horses enter veteran chase company. We, no surprise to see Ramsey to tell you run well, though. Uh, but five and even six places are on offer in some books. So I'm going to take a dart at a couple at a bigger price. Uh, the first one catch my eye is Run to Milan for Victor Dartnell. Now, he is a horse that needs to go right-handed. He's four from 12, six places on right-handed tracks compared to zero from eight, one place on a left-handed track. Indeed, look at him right-handed in December to March and away from Class 1 company. He is four wins from nine, five places. So he's never failed to the least place uh, when meeting with those conditions, which he gets on Saturday. He's also one of the more likely race ones in the field with only 20 clear starts on a CV. So... Bit less wear and tear than the old legs for him. Uh, also banged in a career best speed figure four starts ago uh, when winning at Exeter last February. So, so you know, as as much as he can in these races, he does seem to have plenty in his favour. Uh, run to Milan. He's around 14, 16 to 1. Uh, also big prices. Another right-hand track specialist in the shape of Broken Quest. All his nine wins have come on right-handed tracks. And on right-handed tracks are described as flat or slight undulating. He has nine wins from two places, uh, nine wins and two places, sorry, from 16 starts. He ran a big race at left, uh, left-handed Cheltenham, two starts back. So he, he's got some recent form to his name. Uh, and Broken Quest, yeah, he could be interesting at around 33-01. So... Run to Milan and Broken Quest, both of double figures for me, Tony. Good what stuff. Yeah, yeah, I like Up Hellier King. Uh, Nick Alexander's uh, 12-year-old, 16-1, to 1, is available at the moment. Running well in defeat in a couple of runs in November. Uh, finished fourth of eight runners, uh, beaten three and three-quarter lengths. And also, when last time, uh, last time out in a veteran's chase uh, leg 12 it was of the uh, the veterans chase series finished second of nine against uh, saint xavier uh, four lengths behind their second of nine he's uh, the softer the better for up hellier king two pound higher than last winning mark so he's he's, he's round about his uh, last winning mark uh, one over similar trip two from five left-handed and uh, i think he's got a i think he's got a great great chance of hitting the frame or hitting the uh, first six places as you say some firms paying six places on this uh, ben I've, and I've, i have to mention this i'm not but i won't be backing it I'm, I, I will be playing uh, up hellier king but I've, I just keep coming back to Prime Venture, just all the time. Coming back to Prime Venture for some reason. He's around 13 to 2 at the minute. If uh, if you do fancy, uh, you know, the listeners fancy Prime Venture, I wouldn't put anybody off backing him. But it's it just niggling, very annoying, niggling away as Prime Venture. <laughs> 
I think that's what these fetters are chasing to do, Tony. They niggle at you. Yeah. You see them. Q-star civil is niggling at me because on a handicap yeah. uh, side, he's fantastically well handicapped, but it's Q-star civil. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. And it's like, yeah. so I I decided not to. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It, they're niggly races. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as I said at the start, Sheep with a bit of caution. Yeah, and I think we've found plenty of value there for a, for a bit of fun in the uh, in the three o'clock, and yeah, uh, and hopefully we'll have a winner. Yeah. And talking of winners, Ben, should we uh, go top, middle, and bottom? I think. <laughs> As we always say, uh, top, middle, and bottom. It's uh, it's a load of fun, lot of fun for you. One pound, Trixie, from us both. Four pound in total. Ben, an update on last week, please. Okay, last week, Tony, two winners, one match postponed, plus fourteen point four three points profit. Lovely stuff, Tony. Yeah, myself. Two winners, also one match postponed, plus 17.18 points profit. Brilliant. Double lovely. Even dodgy Dumbarton did the business, <laughs> Tony. What's going on there? Uh, running totals, Tony, plus 33.58. Myself, plus 49.52. Brilliant. Oh, this is just, I mean, couldn't have wished for better, Tony. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic stuff. And it, it's good fun as well, isn't it? I mean, it, it's absolutely brilliant with the... Uh, we've got to get Dumbarton involved. You know, I, I mean, I found myself this week uh, retweeting and following Dumbarton just to win a calendar, for God's sakes. Yeah, me too. I'm going that calendar, <laughs> Tony. Hands off. Hands good off. stuff. Right, you, you want to go first? Yes, week? yeah. Uh, championship, oh. Queen's Park, another, um, another uh, shall we say, a value um, uh, price. Queen's Park, who were top of the championship, away at Co- Cove Rangers, who were third off bottom. Queen's Park are 7-5, to five, away at Cove Rangers. Uh, League 1, Falkirk to beat Montrose, that's third versus fourth. 13-14 uh, to 14 there. <gasps> Gone odds on. Dear Lord. Oh, no. And uh, Dumbarton in the big game. Dumbarton to beat Sterling at 13 to 8, I've got here. I, I think you might have a different price, but uh, odds checker, uh, somebody's got gone 13 to 8 on Dumbarton. So Queen's Park, Falkirk, and Dumbarton for me. Okay, Tony, I'm going for the top Scottish Championship. Inverness Cali to beat Arbroath at 7 to 4. Arbroath have been shaky at home and they've been struggling to score at home, so I'm going to take Inverness. Uh, middle, Scottish first, Dunfermline to beat Edinburgh at 21 to 20. Top of the table clash. Dunfermline have been dynamite away from home and they have been super stingy at conceding on the road, so Dunfermline for me in this one. And bottom, what's going on? Scottish second. I'm going to. I'm going to Dumbarton to beat Sterling. Eight to five. Top of the table here as well. And I am staying on the Dumbarton train, Tony. Dumbarton unbeaten in ten. Go on Sterling the Suns. Kept, come on the Suns. <laughs> Sterling haven't kept a clean sheet in the last ten. Uh, and Dumbarton, stingiest home defence in the league. Come on the Suns. <laughs> I, I, right, Tony, I think I've become a Dumbarton fan. I mean, is there a counselling I can go to or something? Uh, it, it genuinely feels like the start of a, a, a really, really bad addiction. But <laughs> It's fantastic. I'm, in, I'm committed. Dumbarton, here we come. Brilliant. Oh, dear. That's a good right. game. It's going to be a good game as well, isn't it? Fantastic know, stuff up in Scotland. Probably won't be a feed then ever for it, but um, you never know. Somebody might have a camera phone or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> or a drone. Somebody will send a drone up. Maybe enough of the Dumbarton chat. Um, 
back to the racing and we are going to close out best of the rest. Um, I'll start us off, Tony. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm going to head up to Newcastle for a bit of trainer trends analysis. Uh, this week, I'm looking at Rebecca Menzies. Uh, since 2020, Rebecca Menzies has been pulling in some tasty stats in national hunt races at Newcastle, especially in the December to February period, and especially with her horses aged six or older and are racing in the same class or up in class from their last start. Uh, under those conditions, her runners return stats of nine winners from 29, 31% strike rate, 68 points profit. When in place, they are 17 from 29 for a 59% strike rate. Uh, Rebecca Menzies has three that fit those stats at Newcastle on Saturday. Deloitten in the 123, had to be Hugo in the 308, and Fever Rock in the 343. And Fever Rock, he's the only one of that trio I actually have uh, notes for because I noted him on his final hurdle start last season uh, when he finished second to Green Vault at Ayr when giving the Lucinda Russell horse six pounds that day. The Green Vault won three of his next five and ended up in a rating of 129 which is £28 higher than the mark Fever Rock runs from on Saturday. So in that line of form alone, uh, Fever Rock looks a winner in waiting off his current mark. Hopefully, the stop to 0 to 100 company for the first time over fences allows him to open his chasing account. So that's Fever Rock in the 343. Um, and as, I think as me and Tony would always say, when we stick up these angles at the end it's always worth keeping them in mind for future meetings absolutely um, yeah you know if, if, it, if they don't fire this time doesn't mean they should be dismissed um that's just the rub of the green this weekend but yeah these types of angles like i would generally say they're worth keeping in the radar for the long term so for me this week rebecca mendy's at newcastle tony what have you got i have got magic saint ben in the 130 at wing canton magic saint trained by paul nichols it's uh, one of his go-to uh, Sires Saint de Saint. Uh, he's the sire of Magic Saint. Uh, Magic Saint is three from twenty career wins, but he's one from one at Win Canton. Races a lot at uh, Cheltenham as well. I don't know that that's a known thing or or whatever, but uh, he's one from one from Win at Win Canton. Highly tried at Grade Two and Grade Three level recently. He's three from nine. Uh, altogether, but uh, on good to soft and one from three right-handed. So, uh, and the trainer won this race in 2021 with Capeland and uh, Freddie Gingell, who uh, seems the name on everybody's lips at the moment. He claims seven pound, and uh, the, the Son de Son uh, at Win Canton, two wins from eleven with his progeny, uh, which doesn't sound too good. But uh, another five hit in the frame, which gives him a sixty-three percent or sixty-four percent winning play strike red. So I'll be having a look at uh, Magic Saint each way in the 130 at Win Canton, Ben. So, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, just uh, <laughs> uh, many thanks for listening to the 13th edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Keep your ears open uh, next week. Uh, George, VAR, George is coming uh, shortly with some boxing information and selections. And all being well, we'll have the first of our Cheltenham Festival midweek specials uh, with uh, special guests. Willie Mullins. <laughs> no, 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 Tony. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Big Willie just messaged me ah. and he said he, he can't make it. Um, Big Willie. He said, yeah, he says he was worried about being dragged into Dumbarton chat. So just, uh, just the two of us. 
Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. That that's <laughs> he doesn't want to be dragged into the uh, the uh, Dumbarton chat. Uh, never mind. Anyway, uh, that's uh, just Ben and myself with some early Cheltenham trends and stats for you all. Thanks very much for tuning in once again to the Racing Pod Blast. See you all during the week, if not next Friday, as usual. Thanks very much. See you, Ben. See you later. Cheers now. Hi lads, boxing in 2023 gets underway with a Showtime card headlined by Javonte Davis in Washington. Davis will take on the undefeated Hector Luis Garcia who had a great 2022, but I think Davis will halt his momentum and take his chance when Garcia leaves himself open to force a stoppage victory somewhere in the middle rounds. Davis is regarded as one of the most fearsome punches in the sport, generally fights at £135 nowadays, while Garcia has only recently moved up to 130 so the first part of the treble is Davis to win by stoppage at 1-4 on Skybet. Then Jaron Ennis fights Karen Chukajan on the undercard and it's hard to look past Ennis winning by stoppage as well. Ennis is one of the most well thought of future stars and has won all but two of his 29 fights by stoppage, most of which are early in the fight as well. Chukajan has never fought in America and facing Ennis is going to be a shock to the system. I could only find quite old footage of him but if he's to come forward I think Ennis will take advantage of that. So the next part of the treble is Ennis by stoppage in rounds 1-6 to six at odds of 1-3. to three. Finally, also on the undercard is Rashidi Ellis up against Roman Villa. While Davis and Ennis are massive favourites, I was actually quite surprised that Ennis was 2-9 to nine to win his fight by any method. Of course, it's still quite odds on, but I like the value when adding it to the treble. Villa's last fight was just his first in America where he won an 8-rounder on a Showtime card. Considering Showtime want to build Ellis, into another one of their stars and they know what Via will bring. I'd assume they've made the fight with confidence that Rashidi Ellis wins, who has looked a level above based on recent outings and could even force a stoppage. But we'll just pick Ellis to win at 2-9, to nine, which brings a treble on Skybet to roundabout evens.